Before you get into this episode, I want to invite you to join me on May 1st for a free live workshop. It's called Feedback Fixer Upper, How to Reshape Poor Performance with Your Words. You can sign up at awesomeleader.com slash monthly dash workshop or go to awesomeleader.com and look for workshops. Again, this is May 1st. It's 9 in the morning Pacific, 12 Eastern. It's free. Join me and I will now let you get to this episode of The Leadership Shot. Let's say you've learned about some bad managers on your team or at your company. While you may want to know some of the next steps to take, the best practices, right? The ways to actually tackle this. What I actually want you to start with is the mistakes, the things not to do. That's just as important. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you the top five mistakes I've seen companies make again and again when they face the challenge of working with and managing and coaching and maybe performance managing out bad managers. These are the things you can avoid and you should avoid when managing terrible leaders on your team. I'm Lila Willingtown. I'm an executive coach and the creator of Awesome Leader. I've coached founders, VPs, and C-suite executives worldwide for over 20 years. I make it easier for leaders to make decisions, guide their teams, have difficult conversations, and have fun in their roles. I love what I do, and I love my clients. My number one passion is making it easier to lead and manage teams, no matter what your title is. And in my online coaching and training programs, I create leadership ease through 15-minute lessons and weekly group coaching. In this podcast, you can experience some of that micro-learning. This podcast is a weekly shot of tangible leadership advice. All episodes are under 15 minutes. Let's get started. In the previous episode, I shared with you the three types of bad managers. If you missed that episode, I want you to go back and listen to it. I want you to understand what type of bad manager you're dealing with before you decide what to do. Now, even if you don't manage any bad managers right now, understanding how managers develop, how they develop from good to bad or they start out bad is key to growing your own leadership, no matter how large or small your company or team or title is. I also want you to understand that no people leader is terrible on purpose. No one starts the day with the goal of being a bad manager or a crappy leader. Believe me on this. Dictators aside, no one wakes up saying, all right, today I want to be a shitty manager. So I encourage you to listen to that episode. Okay, here's what I'm sharing with you now. The mistakes I see organizations make that lead to developing an environment that's ripe for bad managers to exist and continue to grow. While there are many things that organizations do wrong, I've seen these five mistakes again and again. And if you want to change the culture of bad management at your company, you need to be aware of these mistakes. Okay, here we go. The mistakes are failure to move fast, failure to be honest, lazy follow-up, failure to connect the dots, and then hesitancy to partner with the people or HR team. Okay, I'll break down the first one, failure to move fast. This comes from a good place. It's the desire to give people a chance, the hope that if people had more time, they would improve. I get that good place. You don't want to judge people right away, and I don't want you to do that either. So as a result, most people move too slowly because they don't want to judge people too quickly. So that good place, that feeling of like, hey, they're going to figure it out, is also the wrong place to be. 
Leaders who have struggling managers on their teams make this mistake. And this is oftentimes what they tell themselves. This is what it looks like when you don't move quickly. This is what they say. You know, I just think they need more time. They're probably going to figure it out. I need to allow them time to do that, to figure it out. Maybe I'm asking too much. Maybe I just need to adjust my expectations. I don't want to rush into telling them that they need to improve their leadership skills. I'll wait a while. I'll just wait a little longer. Well, my friend, while you wait a while, top performers don't wait. And sometimes clients don't wait either. They move on. They leave. They're like, I'm not going to work for this crappy manager. Forget it. They don't even manage the people who are struggling around them. Now, this is a mistake about how you feel, your emotional baggage, the emotional baggage you're carrying into situations when a people leader on your team is struggling. You don't want to move quickly. I get it. Yet, this is a mistake, and it's also an excuse. Okay, moving on to mistake number two, failure to be honest. This is a fear of honesty as well, okay? There are two ways in which people are failing to be honest. First way. They avoid being honest with the bad manager. They don't share how that person is not meeting expectations. They don't discuss which behaviors are effective and why and how and the things to stop and share information about how they're ineffective or wrong. The second way is because they're failing to be honest. They're not being honest with themselves. And I think this comes from a place of fear, of being afraid to be honest, being afraid to say something that will make someone feel bad. More emotional baggage, my friends, your emotional baggage. I want you to identify if you have this fear. And if so, is it causing you to avoid being honest with a struggling leader? Something that happens when you have a fear of giving feedback is a changing the language that you're using. You may fall into the trap of using minimizing language. I really want you to watch out for this. I want you to avoid phrases like these. It's not a big deal. I just want to mention one small thing. Don't worry about it. It's a tiny adjustment to what you're doing. These words and how they're organized and most likely how you deliver them, that all detracts from the value of what you're saying. And in the end, you are minimizing the impact of your words. You're telling somebody it's not a big deal, yet it's actually a big deal when they are a bad manager, believe me. And you know this, it's a big deal. Again, this tends to happen because you are afraid of being honest. So if you're coaching a bad manager, you can't say, don't worry about it. It's a tiny adjustment to what you're doing. Because again, what they're doing is a big thing. It's causing problems. It's impacting retention. It's pushing clients away. It may also be offending people. It's a big thing. Don't minimize it by using language like minimizing language. I also want you to watch out for hypothetical language. This is using the word would. It really slips in when you're not paying attention. Here's what I mean. It would be so nice. Here's another example. This could be a good idea. You can tell someone who's struggling that this could be a good idea. And you know what? They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it because you're not being specific. You're not stating the behavior they're using, what the impact is, and you're not telling them what to do instead and by when and how you're going to help because you're phrasing it as a hypothetical. So I really want you to watch your words and watch the words of your team members and the managers on your team, if you have people leaders on your team, to make sure that you're coaching people to be honest and to use language that's specific. No minimizing language and no hypotheticals. All right, mistake number three, failure to follow up or more accurately, lazy follow up. This is just plain lazy follow up. 
I know hard conversations are ones you want to get done. You just want to check them off. And you think things like this when they're done. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I got the conversation done. What a relief. I think they're super smart. They get it. I mean, I hired them, so they must be smart. Because otherwise, I heard somebody who's bad. And that means I'm bad. And that means I'm not smart. And that obviously isn't true. So what happens in these situations is you get that tough conversation done, you check it off your list, and you're like one and done. These feedback discussions, sometimes really solid attempts to guide a struggling manager, they're not one and done. Sorry, not one and done. This is where individuals and organizations also fall down. They start to manage and they have those tough conversations, but they don't follow up. They don't have a system for following up. So what is your system for following up? How often are you going to have this conversation? Are you partnering with HR, people team? We're going to talk about that in a moment. And what's the process? How are you going to check in when and how often? So I want you to watch out for that mistake. Okay, number four. Mistake number four is failure to connect the dots. Don't assume one conversation or two will help a bad manager to see, understand, and change their behaviors. When you want somebody to change a behavior, I want you to tell them a story, a complete story. Connect the dots for them. Share what the current state is and what the ideal state is and what the gap is in between. What are they doing now? And how is it wrong or ineffective? Share details. Then share what they need to do instead. And of course, throughout this whole conversation, you're pausing and you're asking for questions, open-ended questions, making sure there's time for clarification. The main emphasis here is you're connecting the dots. When you do this, this happens. When you do that, this happens. Don't assume that if you tell someone what they are doing wrong, that they will know what the right, best, reverse, most effective way to do something is. Don't make assumptions. Don't assume people are going to figure it out. That's why I want you to provide details. Connect the dots. Now, the fifth and final mistake that I see organizations make again and again, doesn't matter where they are, big or small company, and so forth, it's being hesitant to reach out to the people who can help you, the people team, the HR team. With this mistake, the thinking, which is wrong, is often expressed like this. This is what people say. I don't want to make a big deal out of this, you know? Well, if I talk to HR, then we have to document things. I don't want anyone to think it's my fault. So if I go to HR, they're going to analyze me and they're going to think it's my fault. I really want flexibility with the decisions that I make. Okay, let me break down those points for you. Um, This is a big deal. Uh, You should be documenting anyway. Uh, It's not your fault if you reach out and ask for help. If you stall asking for help, well, then that's something different. I would say then it does become more of your fault, your responsibility, your conscious decision not to ask for help. And by the way, you want flexibility? Uh, Well, you're sure going to have it when the top performers who report to the bad manager on your team quit. And then you'll have open roles to fill. So is that the flexibility you want? Or how about your role being in jeopardy because you fail to manage the performance of your direct reports? How about that for flexibility? Yeah, I know, I'm being cheeky and sarcastic, and that's because I don't want you to make excuses about why you can't, imagine the air quotation marks I'm making here, why you can't go to HR and ask them to partner with you. The people team are the number one experts at your company. They know how to help you decide what to do and how. Unless, of course, you got a coach like me working with you. Then you have another expert with you. These people, folks, they are smart, strategic thought partners when you're coaching a bad manager. I want you to ask them for help. 
You'll feel a sense of relief and also a sense of support in a tangible and strategic way. So avoid that mistake, the last mistake, the hesitancy to talk to HR or the people team. Okay, I'll recap these mistakes that I've seen organizations make again and again when managing bad managers. Failure to move fast, failure to be honest, lazy follow-up, failure to connect the dots, and hesitancy to partner with the people team, the HR team. Which mistakes do you think you make? Which ones do you think your company makes? Don't judge yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you realize, oh, dang, I'm not connecting the dots, or, oh, wow, I'm doing some lazy follow-up. Don't judge yourself. Instead, evaluate yourself. Review this list, and if you're making one of these mistakes, make a decision, a conscious decision to do something different. I hope this was helpful. I hope you can change your behavior to, in turn, change the behavior of the struggling managers on your team. Deep breath. You're going to get there. I'm going to help you. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Before you go, please hit subscribe. This tells me that the content I'm sharing is helping you, your team, and your company. You'll also learn when the next episode drops. And if you'd like weekly emails from me with more tips on how to move your leadership towards awesome, visit awesomeleader.com slash podcast. You'll receive notifications of free webinars and free resources. If you want to learn how to bring the first and only online leadership program with lessons under 15 minutes to your teams, visit awesomeleader.com. You'll learn all about my six-week cohort coaching and training program, and you can check out a lesson for free. Thanks for listening to The Leadership Shot. I'll talk to you next week.